Welcome to the Push Performance Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back um, to the podcast. This is episode 57. We are 43 from the huge milestone of 100. Um, Eric, we got one of the football game tonight. Oh, we, all, we actually have, we have Eric on today for the first time in a very, very long time. No DJ, unfortunately, making today. Making a spot start here with a couple people on the injured list, list here. Um, no DJ today. Unfortunately, he is out um, of commission for here the next few days. Um, so you have Eric and myself, Taylor, and Ashton on as well. Um, with the spirit of the year with football starting, Eric, who do you got winning tonight? You got the Rams. Got the Rams. What do you got the score? 31-28. Rams winning 31-28. Interesting. Okay, I'm going Bills. Huge Josh Allen fan. They're on the come up. Super Bowl favorites this year. How's the fantasy team looking? All of them are looking fantastic. How many do you have? Five. Oh, Five. my gosh. It's like yeah. an extra job. It, it is, for sure. Five of them? A lot of time. Lot are, they of time all, are they all eight-man leagues, 12-man leagues, 14-man leagues? What do you got? 10, 12, and 14. Mixed. One 14 league. What are your chances to win any of them? Probably zero. Probably so. <laughs> we'll come back to you after the football season. We'll tell you how many how many of, of Eric's leagues that he actually won or won in first place. I know that he's projected first in at least one of them. Yep. In at least yes. one of them. So we will see. Ashton, how many how many leagues are you in? One. One family league. Yeah. Family league. Nice. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. I am in. I am in one league. My draft was last night, and it was with all my JUCO buddies from back home. So we do this every year and Juco lots and lots of fun. Juco Bandits, baby. Our, gr- our group chat is over Snapchat, which is funny that we're still using Snapchat, but that's where our group chat's at. So kind of getting into today, I wanted to start off with talking a little bit about um, working with youth athletes. Eric, um, when he was hired, he originally started working with a lot of our youth athletes. Um, and now they start to get more guys and stuff like that. He's starting to work more with college guys and then coming up with um, high school kids and then some of our pro guys that will be coming in this offseason. But Eric does a fantastic job working with um, a lot of our youth kids, being very hands-on, very personal with them, uh, walking them through step-by-step, making sure format every, everything is on point. Um, so, Eric, I just kind of wanted you to start off with, I guess, like where you look into – because doing like an assessment and working with youth kids is a lot different than working with high school kids, college guys, just in the things that you might find in an assessment. Um, so just like your run-of-the-mill youth kids, 12, 11, I mean, honestly, 11 to like 13, 10 to 13, 14, what do you got? What are, what are the things you're looking for in the assessment? Do you do anything different in your assessment than you would normally with a high school kid or older? Uh, the biggest things that I look for, usually I have a, you know, generalized assessment for them just because, you know, they're 10, 12, 13. So by the time they're 15, 16, 17, their body's going to be totally different. Um, so basically with the younger, with those younger kids, I'll usually look at their assessment sheets and then as I'm taking them through the assessment, uh, basically if there's any big red flags, like if a 10 year old kid can't touch his toes, that's probably an issue. And, uh, or if he can't bring his arms over his head, another issue. Um, if you can't turn, if you can't twist or stand on a leg or anything like that, like those are going to be the biggest red flags. Uh, just because they're, they're so, their bodies are so raw still that like they should have pretty much no limitations. 
Um, so like any, any, any limitation that I see on them, I'm always going to dive deeper into those. Um, and then obviously, you know, just kind of get a general idea of how they move, how they hinge, how they squat. Um, and then just see like what their strength, strength looks like. Um, usually that'll be more in the, after the program's written, like we'll kind of go through and see, you know, body weight, if anything needs to be changed to body weight or add weight or certain, you know, flexion exercises or any, anything that's going to help them learn to move bef- to get a good base. So as they grow and get older, they can kind of just make small uh, variations in what they're doing just to learn how to be, you know, those prime movers that you want them to be when they do end up going into high school, college, so they can just pretty much hit the ground running and just, you know, continue building that strength, the power, um, and then just pretty much just go from there and build on that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the time with, youth athletes is we have like two totally two different type of youth athletes come in generally they're either youth kids that are very 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 athletic who come in they move very well they can handle their body weight very well or we have kids who come in and have not a huge background on being athletic um they may not move all that great um they've never been in a weight room before um so i feel like on there it's a lot easier to kind of throw kids who are very very athletic they're going to learn pretty darn quickly. They're going to be able, able to make adjustments on the fly. Those kids are the guys you can kind of maybe kind of if where we're like what you were saying, you kind of start with everybody on the kind of around the same area. And then if a kid's like, okay, he just busts up 12 perfect pushups, we might be able to make these a little bit harder, add a little bit more tempo to him or, or add a little bit of weight to him or something like that. And then whereas with other, with other kids, we might have to, okay, let's just, maybe we're not at body weight pushups yet. Let's maybe take a step back. Maybe let's do an ISO. Maybe let's just do a band assisted. Maybe let's just do a hand elevated. So you can kind of scale with youth athletes kind of up and down as they go. And like things will, with youth kids, things will change pretty darn quickly. Things could, they could be go from doing a hand elevated pushup to a body weight pushup in two weeks, four weeks. Like things like that happen pretty quickly just because um, with that, where they're at growing wise, like they're going to be able to make new adaptations pretty darn quickly um, because they're not kind of set in any specific movement position or posture or anything like that um but a lot of the times with youth kids it's just teaching them to be athletic a lot of them are playing different sports hopefully um with their age um a lot of youth athletes they don't really need to be specialized and they don't need to be in a gym like this for like eight hours six hours where they're doing um lifting hitting and pitching they're doing the whole nine yards and on the weekend they're also going to more baseball stuff it's like the same time like kids need to be kids so we want we want to in the weight room wise we want to get them in and out generally around an hour um i feel like youth kids are get in and out of the weight room pretty darn quick um at least in my experience with them what about you yeah usually 45 to an hour and 15 yeah yeah they don't i found youth kids don't love to take a whole lot of rest just because they don't wear their body down as much um with the amount of weight that they're doing so getting kids in and out but making sure like we're keeping these kids we're keeping them athletic we're, we're making sure they jump we're making sure they run. We're making sure they can sprint and break down, change direction, um, especially with kids kind of that age, that like 12 to 14 age is when kids really start. Lots of kids will start going through growth spurts and they'll start getting taller. So kind of go talk about that a little bit, Eric, and how kind of those things can kind of change. And just I guess where your job gets challenging with kids who are going through growth spurts where they're gaining two to six inches, eight inches in a year. The biggest thing with that is they you have to make sure that they they continue to like kind of like 
realize that their body is changing and be patient with certain movements that they're make that they're that they're trying to do because you know there's a kid that I have right now he probably grew eight inches in the past seven months and he looks like he he looks he runs kind of like you know <laughs> he kind of runs like a baby giraffe <laughs> now because he kind of lost all control of his body because his legs are extremely long now and he's not used to using them. So now um, between me and Austin, we're gonna, you know, we pretty much have to reteach him how to run because he just had a massive growth spurt and he was already, he was already having some like, you know, pain that he was working with the PT with and then along. So he, he was kind of limited in what he could do like baseball wise. So he wasn't really doing any running or any like deceleration things with using his legs. So a lot of the stuff wasn't, we were not able to get to like that fully dynamic sprint running work yet, but we're now we're like at that point, now we're going to start doing that. So now we're going to gradually work him back into, you know, that sprint football sprinting form and just kind of reteaching him how to run, um, you know, so this will probably be, this is probably going to be the biggest, uh, you know, learning curve for him or like for an athlete like it's a really good example for like someone who's you know a massive growth spirit and just like having to relearn kind of how to move his body yeah and i know i know a lot of kids like that can be kind of frustrating just because you feel like you make so much progress in the weight room kind of with movement quality and teaching new positions and all of a sudden they hit a growth spurt and it's like okay we gotta gotta go gotta go through these things yeah and like for him more. he was here for and then a couple months, then he ended up going to play baseball. So he paused for like a couple months and then he came back. So it's like, it was a whole nother kid yeah. and he came back. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he learned and then left and then came back. And then now it's like, you know, you're almost, he like took four steps forward, took two steps back when he stopped. And now he took growth spurt. And now he's like even further behind because he's lost control of everything. Yeah, that's where that's where it's important. Like especially going through those ages where kids are growing a lot. Like if you start them on a like a training program where we're making all this progress, it's important to keep them on the training program throughout this growth spurt and throughout their time growing, which could be all the way from twelve years old, thirteen years old, all the way through till their junior, senior, in high school, and and on and past that. But making sure that we can kind of stay on this training program because then on our end as strength coaches, we're able to kind of gauge. And change things up as they start to grow obviously like growing pains a lot of kids will have kids especially kids whose legs grow really really fast knee pains or things shoulder pains back pain like things that just are inevitable when kids start growing especially while kids are are still are are playing sports and constantly especially in baseball when guys are constantly rotating they're constantly jumping moving side to side like their body has to relearn and reorganize itself into and able to move in those different patterns. So we can stay and maybe change a couple of things up in the weight room on our end as strength coaches um, for that, for our athletes programs. Um, we can kind of gauge and make sure that the movement quality itself is still there as this kid is going through this massive growth spurt where his body is changing a complete 360. Mm -hmm. So um, that would be, that would be for me, that would be, it's super. And for all of us, it's super, super important to keep, those kids in a training program because like Eric said, like we've had a handful of kids who 
train here. Everything looks fantastic. Obviously, they're young. They're youth kids. They they move fantastic. They haven't grown a whole lot yet. Then they leave for three to six months to go play baseball or spring ball all the way wrap around to fall ball. They come back during winter break or, or as soon as fall ball, fall baseball dies down. And this kid comes back a completely different kid. And we almost have to restart what we originally did. So rather than us like being able to pick up and just keep going and keep progressing each week or in each month, we have to go all the way back to almost where we started, where we're relearning movement patterns. And we have to just start all the way at square one. So, and then obviously that can, that just can delay a lot from when that kid comes back all the way until senior year of high school, rather than if they just go, I mean, learning that could even go further because, you know, we've had even college guys that have kind of gone off and try to do their own thing in a plan of fitness, like doing stairmasters and sprinting uphill on treadmills and then they hurt themselves and then they have to restart because they didn't listen to their coaches. Right. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, as coaches, we're not going to, we're not like, we could tell you all this stuff that we see in your assessment and get down to the smallest, smallest of details. But then at the end of the day, it's like the program that you guys need to help you the best. That's what's going to be in there. It's, it's, and if we start explaining all the, all these small X's and O's to you guys, you guys, it is not going to make a whole lot of sense to you guys. So there is a reason why everything is in your program. The way it is I had a call with a kid last night, um, same stairmaster kid. And he was wondering why his lifts look different than they did in the summer. And obviously fall baseball is picking up. And so that's just a conversation that we had. And he goes, why am I doing less? I'm like, well, how does your body feel? I feel fantastic. My knees don't hurt anymore. Okay. This is why we're doing this. If we're still doing what we did in summer, these knees may start acting up again. So there's a reason why everything is in your program. And there's a reason why we progress the way we do. There's a reason we don't start you off on, on speed deadlifts. And we don't start everybody off on trap bar deadlifts as soon as they walk in the door. Like if we can fix movement quality first and give you the basis of jumping mechanics and deceleration mechanics and teaching you just how to do proper exercises and move how your body is supposed to move, that can clean up so much work rather than us. And I see it a lot where guys go to other gyms and 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 they go train at different places and they're thinking that they they should be here when they're training and all of a sudden something happens and they have to go all the way back to step one. Rather than us just starting kind of meeting you in the middle with where you're good at or with some of the deficiencies that you have. And then from there we can progress. We don't have to worry. Don't, we don't ever want to have to take steps back in the weight room. Mm-hmm. We don't. Yeah. Because a lot of times with that, that just, that'll delay the performance that delays the pitching side, that delays the, the things we're working on the hitting side. Like there's going to be frustrating times in the weight room when you're not moving the feet. You don't feel like you're moving the way you should be moving. You're not doing some of the exercise that you want to do, but it's all in good time. It's everything will progress correctly. And, you have to look at it long-term. Like when does your season start? When do you need to start throwing the baseball hard? Like all of kind of those things kind of come all come into play with that. Patience is key. Patience. Yes. Patience is very key. And yeah, I, I, you could, you could, you could feed a man. If you can give a man a fish, you can have one meal. You can teach a man to fish. You can have many meals. You yes. can teach a man to move right. Yep. You can do it. He'll be fine. He'll be good forever. Yep. And it's, it's kind of <laughs> wise words wise from Eric. Words. And, and that kind of comes into, I mean, obviously a lot of the pro guys come in and they're like, I want to do this, this, and this. It's like, okay, you just got done playing 162 games. Like this is where we need to start. And it's the same thing with like high school kids, college guys, but even like coming down to parents with like the youth kids, those, these parents want their kids to do everything that the pro guys are doing and everything that college guys are doing. It's like, well, these, these, we're not there yet. We have so much more work to do. And it's like this 
for should not be the weight room should not be the only focus of a youth kid. Like this is a very, very small part of a kid's training and a kid's like upbringing in athletics and in sports. Like this needs to be a very, very small thing because I've seen so many guys, especially in Arizona, guys get so burned out of baseball to the point where they get to like juniors in your high school. Like I I'm done training. I'm like, well, why? And like, cause I, I'm not going to play college baseball. And I don't see ever see, a, I don't want to. So it's like these people, especially kids get so burnt out with the training stuff. And I understand like a lot of parents and a lot of, they come from a good place where they want their kid to be the best he possibly can. But it's like, I don't care how good you are at 12 years old. Like I'm more worried about you being the best high school player on your team or one of the best college players on your team. Like it doesn't matter if you're the best 12 year old on the team, everybody wants to, and it's fun then, but it's like, I guarantee you that probably 50% of the pro guys were not the best player on their 12 year old team ever. So it's like, there's just so much more to baseball itself than being the best player on your team at that given moment. You have to look, especially with youth sports, you have to look long-term on that. Mm Um, and there's a, you almost got to look at it. Like you got to learn to walk before you can run basically. Right. Like, yeah, it's, it's learn, learn how to move, learn how to play in, a, in, you know, good movement patterns and, and then build off of that. And then, you know, as you get older and grow into your body, like some of the, even, even just like from a movement standpoint, some of the best people naturally that move are honestly people that are from farms <laughs> just yeah. because they're so used to doing like natural movements you know just doing chores mowing lawns the lifting bales of hay or whatever whatever you, whatever people do on farms like those guys are always the guys who move really well and those are the guys that like when they come in the gym like i'm more more than enough confident that they can that they that they'll be like the easy people that like i got a coach in the gym just because like their 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 bodies are you know more built and more naturally sound than, you know, a kid who's playing video games, you know, four hours a day after school every day and doesn't really do anything except play baseball because he doesn't, that's all he cares about is swinging and throwing. He doesn't know how to do anything else because, you know, he's only using his arm and his torso to swing. Right. And that, we can, yeah, we can kind of go into that about like guys specializing. And I don't think specializing is a bad thing. There's just a time and place for it. If a kid is a freshman in high school or a sophomore in high school, and his dream is to play college baseball, and he is nowhere near that ability to play at a high-level college baseball. It's like, okay, that you may need to pick a sport and just spend all your time there and get very, very good at it. That it that it's not really the same thing for youth kids. Youth kids, kids in youth and and like even freshmen in high school, kids in middle school, kids that are 10, 11, 12 years old, like those are kids that like you need to be athletic. We want you need to a lot of variability, you need to move side to side. You should not throw year round. Um, I feel like the the little league little league elbow is something that can be it can be prevented yeah. very easily. It's more common too. Yeah, it's yeah. way more common, and I've I'd never heard of it or seen that when I lived in the Northwest, and I come down here, and it's very prevalent. I've had it since high school. I'm 29. <laughs> yeah, so 15 to 29, it still hurts. Yeah. And that's just, that's something that you can, you can totally prevent just through proper movement patterns, but also just as easy enough, just not throwing a baseball year round. Like our bodies are not meant to throw a baseball and our bodies are not built to throw a baseball, especially when it comes to youth kids. Like a lot of these kids aren't 
everybody like they're throwing harder and harder and harder nowadays but they don't have the movement to back it up or the strength to back there's it up no at time all. Off. See, and there's no time them. off like even our pro guys like they throw from however long they throw six months seven months out of the year but even when they come back like they all dial it down like they can't wait to take a a, a month off throwing or a few weeks off throwing. like they cannot wait to take a break their bodies are also built a lot stronger and a lot more durable than a lot of these youth kids. Yeah, the training age for them is significantly like older than significantly kid. harder. <laughs> yes, no, significantly. Like a, a youth kid does not need to be playing summer ball. They don't need to be playing like sixty plus games in summer ball. They don't need to be playing fall ball, and then they don't need to be going and traveling other places to go Multiple play teams. tournaments in the and winter. That, Multiple and that's teams. one of the biggest things that kids and parents all have to understand that like okay. Just because you see a guy in here deadlifting 500 pounds who's 26 years old and your kid wants to work out six days a week, you know, it's even our pro guys don't work out six days a week. They work, they lift three days and do two movement days. Um, and like, I feel like parents and kids are just like, oh, he's got to get in there more to get to that point, which is not the fact because you know, resting is just as important as the lifting part. So if you put all your time in the lifting, you don't put any time in the resting, then you're missing half of the half half of half of like the the medicine right there. Right. And more yeah, more is more is never better. Yeah. Less is more. less is more. Less is more. I think too with um, a miscommunication of like the gym and lifting, like for youth athletes. Mm -hmm. Is like oh they need to be sweating they need to be exhausted for like it to be productive um i heard that a couple times and it's not the parents aren't wrong i think just understanding like well in this instance um just understanding this is a different kind of right. workout we're not training to lose weight we're not training to do any of that we're training for the field um and that looks very different than you know a cardio class or whatever that looks like it's it's very different and specialized and, i mean like i was there at one point when i was in high school i would go to the gym for three hours a day I would not sweat, but I would be doing a lot of exercises, and I just wouldn't sweat because I wasn't a sweater. Some kids just don't sweat. <laughs> That's true. I, mean, I didn't. I didn't sweat a whole lot either. And I, I, didn't, I didn't start sweating until like, like after, almost during college is when I started. Like, uh, I'd be in the gym and I'd, and I'd actually start sweating. Right. And like, and now even even like now, like I used to go to the gym five, six days a week, three hours a day. Now I work out three, maybe four times a week, and I feel like I make way more progress in those three or four days than I do when I was working that six days. So that even proves right there that, you know, you don't necessarily need six days. Right. right. Yeah. Guys want to be able to walk out a lot of like youth kids. High, I mean, even high school kids, they want to walk out. They want to be able to walk. Not They want to not be able to walk out of the gym. They want their legs to be shaking as they walk out of the gym. They don't want to be able to lift their arms up. It's like, Okay, well, well, what if you got to go play a game like yeah, right after the gym? Perform right on the field. Yeah, like it's like awesome. getting big is great and all that stuff, but that happens. And like, like only lifting is part of the picture. Nutrition is the other, yeah. and so is sleep. And of course, there's always outliers. Like, all right, they do trap bar, deadlift, and bench press, and the next day they can't move. But most people aren't like that. And like, so I take it as like, if you wake up sore from one of my workouts, we did too much. Because I don't ever want you to be sore. So if if. I don't ever want to put you in a situation where like you can't throw a baseball the next day because your forearms hurting too much. Or, you know, obviously sometimes like the stimulus, like if you, if you haven't trap bar in a year, two years and you go trap bar deadlift super heavy. Yeah. Okay. You might get a little bit of soreness from that stimulus, but like if you're trap bar deadlifting every week and every week you're sore from that, then we got to figure something out to where like, why, what, what's, 
what's causing you to get sore from this workout or um, you know whatever we're doing so we can fix that so where so you don't have to change your your mound below day or your bullpen day or something like that because when you are in you know when you do get to that college level or MLB level you know you are gonna be dependent on those days to you know obviously you know for your career right that you don't want everyone to be like oh I can't start today it's a playoff game and I can't start today because my forearm hurt and if I do it then my I feel like my arm might blow out like we don't ever want that to happen obviously so you know like it's always big that we always focus on that workload and unfortunately I mean it stinks now because all these kids it's hard for us to even do the workload and get what we want because you know we don't have that ability to like if you work for an MLB team or a college team you have a good amount of control over what they're doing every day here we have a kid that wants to work out six days a week hit four days a week throw it six to seven days a week and then he wants to go do jiu-jitsu basketball um football um all in the same week like for us that like it sucks for us because we can't control the outside stuff and then you know it's almost like parents and kids think that like oh we're they're just people who write our programs well we went through a lot of education for this stuff and we learned a lot from a lot of different people and like people have to understand that we in this field we're doc we're not doctors but we prescribe a medicine for the athletes a programs are medicine so if we give you this it's based off of what we feel is going to help you improve the most so you know the biggest thing that I, that annoys me when kids when athletes come in they're like yeah uh so i did a whole leg workout yesterday and it's a monday and they gotta do a trap or death well you just watched the whole week out because you just screwed up my program because you wanted to go lift do seven seven sets of squats uh four sets of rdl three sets of deadlift and then no now your leg crushed and now you can't do a deadlift today so now my whole program is just watching you just wasting my time and your time and probably your parents money so that's my little rant for the day. <laughs> there you go. No, yeah, I, I think especially it's very hard to obviously you obviously like youth kids and high school kids for sure. It's hard to manage how much they do outside of here. Um, and I think the as much as we can possibly communicate with them, like even though we may only write their program for three days a week, like three lift days a week, and they're like, Oh, I want to do something else at another gym. Like, I feel like I, there's just more I could be doing. Like, I understand like kids wanting to better themselves and kids are always like, I feel like there's just more. Okay. Well, let's do and 12 year old kid had a ton of energy. So it was like, right, right, right. Well, I'm like, okay, well maybe youth kid, like maybe pick up another sport, maybe find something like just, maybe just don't pick up a baseball. No, we're not. Like find a lawn. Just go mow a lawn anywhere. Just go mow a lawn somewhere. Do something, <laughs> do something other than throw a baseball sometimes. And then high school kids, it's like, these kids want to go They're Obviously their buddies go to EOS. Their buddies want to go lift at a public gym where they can just lift super every weight. And it's like, okay, well, like, this is what we're doing. This is our goal. And that's where just a communication, like the open line communication. It's like, okay, this is our goal. This is where we want to go with you. This is how we're going to get there. We're not going to get there by you doing this, that, and whatever in at EOS or in a public gym. So this is what we're doing on these days. If you want to do something on these days, like I can tell you what to do. I can't really write you anything up, but I will, give you an outline or I will tell you what you can do or I'll pretty much just what I tell guys, I just tell them what not to do. Don't do this. Don't do this. If you want to do some movement stuff, you want to do some arms, you want to do arm farm, be my guest. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm like, be smart and make sure that you're able to walk into the gym tomorrow, ready to rock and roll. And if, if something generally, if like 
guys okay well i don't like really care like if you might like i'm just gonna lift and i want to get huge it's like okay well if you if something starts bothering you like if you start getting knee pain you start getting back pain like you're gonna this is this is why so and it's, at that point it's like obviously we want to help kids as much as we can and so on our end generally it causes us to start dialing back things because like okay this kid's doing three lifts outside the gym let's dial back cars then they come in they ask us why they're not doing too why they're not doing very much on the weight room and then same thing with parents and parents come in and like okay well i'm paying this much and my kid is in there for 45 minutes a day 30 minutes i'm like okay well this is like what's happening and i care more about your kid's health and his performance on the field because we're performance coaches i could care less about how tired he gets and how much weight he lifts in here as long as your son feels fine once practice turns around once games turn around like that is the most important thing and that's just that's definitely the tough thing with kind of where we are at location wise with the heat of arizona and it being nice year round is guys just just because you can play year round doesn't mean you should play year round and i think we've gotten that across to a lot of our athletes and we have a, a lot of athletes that we have a lot of guys actually that just took the summer off from playing guys. Yeah. There's um, a lot more this year. Few of the bash. Yeah. A handful of the bash kids all took the, all took the summer off. And if they were like, Hey, I want to go do this showcase. It's like, okay, well we don't need three of them. Let's just find a one, like the one that you need to go to or something like that. So trying to just limit the amount that guys are playing so that we can feel better because we're not going to be able to make the strides forward and the progressions in the weight room, but also the progressions like Velo, um, and and jumping up your performance on the field as much as we would if you keep playing like carter boone for example is one he shut it down for summer for like the back half of summer and his velo's already jumped up and he's already hit 90 for the first time ever so he's monster smith monster smith three months straight pretty much didn't really make any gains because he was playing so much and then in two months he gained 15 pounds Yep, Braden. Yeah, not playing. Yep, Braden <laughs> so. Molzer as well. It's just there's there's so much that you can get get um, so much to gain by just taking a little bit of time off. And you guys don't understand that because obviously more is going to help them get better at their sport always. But there's just there's so much other aspects of things that guys don't understand, and it and guys don't usually realize it until they take the time off and they start seeing their velo jump. They start saying they start to feel better. They start to move better. They start to get stronger. They start to get the ball farther. It just it's kind of hard to get that point across until guys actually do it and they yeah. and they see the results. We can we can educate and talk and say as much as we want, but until they actually think about it, focus it, and do it, you know, it's 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 not going to you know we we can do what we can do, but you as athletes have to also do it. You know, you have to listen and focus and and be like, oh, okay, I get it, like. In the gym is where you're gonna get, is where you're gonna make that mount or that beetle jump. Where you're gonna get that power from that power when you're swinging. Where you're gonna get that just general strength to for longevity. So, you know, like even like talking to parents, it's like we don't get to see the parents as much. So like it's almost like we have to like get the kids and talk to the kids and educate them as much as possible, and then hope that like it translates over to the parents because you know parents. If, if nine out of ten parents that come in here, if you say, "What's what do you want your kid to do? Do you want them to work out or play?" They're all going to say, "I want them to play more, play more, play more, play more." I mean, there's kids that are on. I mean, this year versus last year, there's a huge, there's a lot more guys that took off this year. Oh yeah, than last year, and 
you know, they, they've all made significant improvement, whether it be just injury wise, uh, a lot more feeling healthier just because they've actually been working out and focusing on it, working out three days a week all summer. Um, just real, like we talked about velo, just weight gain, um, you know, all those things, you know, those three months that we get that you guys don't have to play or have school or whatever, those mm -hmm. are going to be, you know, that's when you can like dive in and go hard. I mean, for instance, think about, you know, you can think about like the NFL combine, right? College guys leave, leave school, they go three months, full go in the gym. And a lot of the time, a lot of them will gain 15 pounds of muscle, 20 pounds of muscle, because that's all they're focused on is, you know, strict, strict, you know, strict diet, strict, uh, um, control of how much you're doing on a daily basis right so like it's you know that they see that big jump because they're not doing anything else other than what they're supposed to be doing they're not doing anything extra they go they do the workout they recover they eat same thing the next day for three months straight all of them so i mean and you know they you can kind of use that just as an example of seeing how much of a growth that like those guys get versus guys who are going to play a sport all year round if they played all year round i guarantee they would not look or, you know, they would not make those big adjustments, you know, going into a draft. But, you know, they do. <laughs> yeah, and we're not, like, with us, we're too, we're not saying that you guys shouldn't play summer ball. We're not saying that you shouldn't play in your high school season. Like, yes, those things are important, but, like, my high school footballers told us, because we had guys doing combines and seven-on-seven -seven showcases and running 40s every weekend, it's like, you could run a 4 six forty. Or, or say, or let's not even say that fast. Let's say you run a four nine forty, literally eight weeks straight, every single weekend. It's like, okay, well, you're the same player you were from that first time you ran the forty to the last time you ran the forty. You want to be the guy that runs one forty, throws a bullpen for a school, whatever. You eight weeks, twelve weeks. Okay, let's do one more. You four seven forty, four six forty. You're throwing eighty eight to ninety rather than throwing eighty four to eighty six. Like. There are times when there are times when you should go do showcases, but it's like as much as showcases can help you and going playing tournaments every weekend can help you. It's like the same thing. Like those can possibly hurt you, especially especially as a pitcher. If you go out and you're throwing the same velo every single weekend and you're only 84 to 86, if not slower, like those things can hurt you. Like coach will see that. I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to recruit that kid. He doesn't throw hard enough to be at my school. And that, all of a sudden that coach scratches up. I think you see, he sees you throwing. He sees you, okay, and then he sees you two months later, three months later, and it's like, okay, wow, this kid's throwing harder. Like, like nice, this kid's been working hard, yada, yada, yada. Like, these coaches get familiar with you guys, and he, they see you at the same showcase every single weekend. They see you at the same uh, tournaments every single weekend. Like, these guys get familiar with you, and it's like as much as, like, you may not know that they know who you are, it's like they know who you are, and they know you've been throwing the same velo for two years straight or for, the, for a full year straight or from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. So as much as these things can help you, like – they can definitely hurt you. We have kids that Velo's gone up and we're like, please like go show these coaches who you are now. Like you were a totally different player than when you were. Um, and then there are also guys who we talk to them like, Hey, Hey, I don't know if going to all these showcases and playing some role will be the best thing for you. Like if this is where you want to get to, this is the amount of time that you need to take off for us to get you from point A to point B for you to get to a point where we want to send you where you should be going doing showcases. And you actually have something to offer to these schools. Um, and at the same time, it's like we're also saving parents money to a point because I know a lot of these showcases and stuff can be very, very expensive. And guys are traveling all around the country to do them. Um, and I know those are my parents paid for them. And I know they're very expensive to the showcases and fly to college camps and 
fight all these tournaments where we have to stay in hotels and fly and stuff like that. It's like, okay, you can use that same money and probably spend less money training over a course of three months, pitching it or uh, pitching or hitting and then lifting as well. And you're going to make so much more progress on it than you would if you're traveling every single weekend and let alone like even just traveling every weekend, like the amount of the nutrition stuff that goes down as well. Sleep that probably goes down. Like you're, you lose a lot traveling a lot. And so, yeah, it just, it's, there are kids that should be going out and playing a lot or not a lot, but there are guys that need to be going out and playing. And then there are also guys that need to take a step back and maybe like, okay, maybe playing isn't the best thing for me right now because I haven't been showing coaches a good product for the last year. Um, So, like I said, we're not telling you guys not to go out and play summer ball. We're not telling you to skip your high school seasons where there's just a time and a place for all of it. And it it all kind of comes down to the kid and who he is and kind of where he's at with his, with his training and with his progress. And, um, yeah, we want you guys all to play college baseball and we want all of you guys to play professional baseball and our, we, we train professional players all the way down to youth kids. And I, and I think that all of our coaches and our staff have a very good understanding of what it takes to get there and what guys need to be able to do that. And so we just want to get, we want to, we offer you guys our expertise to help you get there. And it all starts learning how to move from 12, 13, 14 years old. (laughs) Yes. All right. Good. Okay.